air, say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Say, I have an open mind. I have a teachable spirit. From this moment forward, I will never be the same. Shout it out, never, never, never. In Jesus' name. Come on, give God one more big praise. He's worthy. Amen. Well, this morning, we are finishing up our series on You Don't Have What It Takes. How many are you glad to know you don't have what it takes? Amen. You know, you know if, if you're not careful, that kind of a statement can make you feel bad, get you under condemnation or something. But the reality is, is it's enlightening to know that none of us have what it takes. That's why we have Jesus. Right. We've learned that no matter how hard we work, no much how much effort, energy, resource we put into it, we're never going to be good enough. But when we are connected to Jesus, God's perfect son, we stand in the sight of God, holy, righteous and blameless. We are made right with God through relationship with Jesus Christ. All of a sudden, I don't have to do life trying to get accepted. I can do life from being accepted and knowing that God's on my side. He's for me, not against me. He's trying to help me, not harm me. He is positioning me to win and succeed in every situation in life. All of a sudden, that kind of releases the pressure. And now I have the ability to do what Jesus told me to do in John 10, 10, enjoy life. He said, the thief comes not but for to kill, steal, and destroy. But I have come that you might have and enjoy abundant life in abundance to the full till it overflows. We're talking about Zoe life, God life, eternal life, not waiting till we're dead to connect to it, but experiencing it while we're alive. You know, making it to heaven, that's great. How about we bring a little heaven on earth? Amen. Wouldn't you like to have a little heaven in your house? Amen. Instead of having to go through hell every time you get home, let's have some heaven on earth. Amen. And understanding that we can't please everybody. You weren't designed to please people. You were designed to please God. Anytime you're trying to please other people, you're sliding over into a form of idolatry that's causing you to be separated from the end that God declared at the beginning. God declares the end at the beginning. If you don't know what the end is at the beginning, in the middle, you might assume you're finished. You got to know what the end is. God gives pictures of the end. Isaiah 32, 18, my people shall live in a peaceful habitation, a secure dwelling, a quiet resting place. That's a description or a picture of the house that God wants you to live in. So you you, you can't try to live to please others and get the end that God declared at the beginning. If you're trying to live for others, you're going to get the end that they have described, and it's not quite as good as the one God has. Somebody say that's right. And trying to live for other people will just keep you frustrated. It'll cause you to be buried in life, and it'll cause you to be very, very unsuccessful because you can't keep people happy. Just waiting there because I, I know some of you are afraid to say amen because of who you're sitting with. You can't keep them happy. But if you, if you live to please God, all of a sudden, everybody around you, there, there's a, it, it's like a contagious shift. If you just live, live to please God, trust me, your wife's going to be happy because you're going to be loving your wife as Christ loved the church. If you live to, to please God, your husband's going to be satisfied because you're going to do what the word of God tells you to do as a woman of God. Come on, guys. If you live in, in, a, in a lifestyle that pleases God, your children will be taught of the Lord and they won't depart from it. Hello, somebody. 
So let's just live to please God. Amen? We, we understand we can't handle it all. And, and the problem is, is that it's so easy to fall into the trap and where you take on so much life that you don't have enough time to enjoy life. Your hands are so full. See, here's the deal. If the enemy can't prevent you, he will promote you. For example, if he can't get you to live in poverty then he'll give you just enough prosperity that you kill yourself with it because you haven't developed the character required to handle that kind of prosperity. He'll just move you ahead just a little bit. So if the enemy can't get you to not know life, then he'll get you to try to experience so much life that you actually sabotage the life that you're living. You can't handle everything. You know, the, the, the system that we're living in and the society that we're in, uh, what is normal, what they would call normal, in reality is insane. They're, you know, I look at our boys and, and, and the schedules that they're supposed to keep. And, you know, if, if you're going to do good in school and you're going to study and you're going to play sports and you got, you know, three games a week, even through the summer and baseball and you, you got youth church and you got a job and you got all this stuff, pretty soon there's so much going on that you don't have the ability not only to enjoy it but to know really what purpose and destiny is. If the enemy can keep you really busy doing all kinds of stuff, you won't have time to do the thing that's going to matter how many of you realize at the end of the day being really busy isn't necessarily success god doesn't want you busy he wants you effective he wants you to enjoy life how do you enjoy life at a pace that's out of control today we're going to talk about you can't control the future you can't dictate the future. You don't know what's coming. You might have an idea. Uh, and, you know, really, there's a couple of words that we should erase from our vocabulary. And, and two of those words are one day, someday. You know, one day when we get here, one day when we get that accomplished, someday when we get that done, then, you know, someday is going to turn into if only. At the, uh, life's going to pass you by and you're living for one day, someday, and you, then you're going to go through life saying, well, if only we had had time, if only we had done that. You know, the, the fact of the matter is we, we just need to stop and start living. Hello? So we just need to stop and start living. We need to learn how to just pause and enjoy life. Some of the things that we think are totally vital mean nothing to anybody. I know lots of people who are spending all of their effort and energy in their life trying to prove they're right, and nobody else cares. You're on a mission to prove you're right, and 17 years ago somebody offended you, and you're about to prove to everybody you know that they were wrong and you were in the right. Okay, we'll all agree today. You were right. Can we please move on? Let's just go on with life. Hello? Don't, don't get uh, tricked by the enemy and get yourself contained by something that happened in the past. Isn't it great to know that God has covered the past? He's not holding your past against you. He's not holding it over your head. He's not the one reminding you of your mistakes. No, he is the one, according to Jeremiah 29, 11, don't know if you've ever heard that one before, but he's the one who is planning your future. You can't control the future, but he can. So if God has covered the past and he's planning your future, that leaves you responsible with the present. What the time that we have today together is a present from God. We need to unwrap it, enjoy it, embrace it, and make the most of it. 
Amen? We're not waiting for someday to have something that we don't currently possess. We're taking what we have today and using it for the glory of God. Amen? I want you to open your Bible, if you would. Go to Ephesians chapter 5. We'll start in verse 14. Most of us have heard these scriptures before, but it says, Therefore, he says, Awake, O sleeper, arise from the dead, and Christ shall shine upon you and give you light. Look at that. Awake, O sleeper. Look at your neighbor and say, Time to wake up. I know you probably came to church today to catch some shut-eye. We're not going to let that happen today. If we find you sleeping, we're bringing you to the platform, and you can finish this message. Hallelujah. Oh, wake up. You know, isn't it something that God's talking to his kids, and he says, you need to wake up. You know, those of you that have children, have you ever wanted to say that to your child? Maybe some of you have. Wake up. Man, you're missing it. You're confused. You are, you are, you're in a fog. You need to wake up and, and check out reality here for just a minute. I think that's what God's saying to us. Wake up. Don't, don't sleep through life. Rise from the dead. Christ will cause the light to shine. That light is insight, revelation, and understanding. It will illuminate. God wants to illuminate your present so that you can actually see where you're at. A lot of us are waiting to get someplace. The reality is we are some place. Everyone's going to end up somewhere. A few of us are going to end up somewhere on purpose. God wants you to know where you're going and to know where you're at, to take advantage of where you are so that you can demonstrate Satan's defeat today, not someday. You don't need to wait till someday to humiliate hell. Where we are right now, we're in a position of victory and blessing and prosperity and increase. We have the right to demonstrate Satan's defeat Today, you, well, when I'm healed, you were healed 2,000 years ago. Well, if I can get that handled, that is done under the blood. It was handled a long time ago. We can just go ahead and rise from the dead, let the light shine. Amen? Look at verse 15. Look carefully how you walk. Why? Because if you're not careful, you're going to walk wrong. You're going to live wrong. Be careful about life. If you're not careful, something's going to come in. It's going to consume your mind. It's going to get you off track. You have a, a real spiritual enemy who has a knack at getting us to not live the life God's called us to live. We got to be wise and open up our eyes. It says live with purpose and worthily and accurately, not as the unwise and witless, but as wise, sensible, intelligent people. Look at your neighbor and tell them don't live stupid. Yeah, a lot of us go through life, we just live in stupid. We're, we're uh, consumed with things that don't matter. It doesn't make a difference. It don't matter. Well, they hurt me. Look, you're 52. Get over it. You were seven when they said that to you. Let's, let's move on. Let's live with some purpose. Well, I, I don't understand what the will of the Lord is. That's your problem. You've got so many other things that your life's consumed in that you don't have time to develop relationship with God. We got a T-shirt and a bumper sticker, but we don't have no... We just don't have an idea how to connect with God. There's something wrong with that picture. Our lives should be different from people who are separated from God. There ought to be hope in everything you say and do. There ought to be vision and victory coming out of you. You ought to be exuding joy, unspeakable, full of glory. Our lives should be 
radically different. What, what we're in need of is not a minor adjustment. We need radical change. Come on, somebody. We need radical change. We, we, you know what? Your unsaved friends. Here, here's, the, here's the test for you. When your unsaved friends are coming to you in secret telling you, I don't know how you do it. How do you stay on top? They're watching you go through the same challenges they are, except you've got victory. You got Zoe life, God life, not man life, God life, not loser life, winner life. You got the stuff. Why? Because we're looking carefully how we walk. We've got this purpose. Amen. Look, Look at verse 16. Make the very most of time. Buying up opportunity because the days are evil. Making the most of time. Really, what we're really talking about today is time. Okay, this whole passage, he's talking about time. Wake up. Don't sleep through this. Don't miss this. This is your time. This is your opportunity to demonstrate Satan's defeat. This is your opportunity to know true victory. This is your opportunity to break the chains of sin and bondage and arise to a higher level of life. Buy up this opportunity. Make the most of time. Buy it up. The King James Bible says redeeming the time. The word redeem, listen to this. The word redeem, I wrote it somewhere. The word redeem means a payment of a price to recover from the power of another. You got to buy it up. You got to buy it back. You got to get control of your time. Make a payment of a price to recover from the power of another. How do I make the most of time? What's it going to cost me? It's going to cost you some of the other stuff that doesn't matter. Hello? You know, remember the boxes? Stacked to the ceiling, you're carrying them through life. You're going to set some of those down so that you can make the most of some of the others. You can't make the most of family life if you ain't got time for family life. Yeah, it's going to cost you. It's going to cost you running around with people who don't care about you. It's going to cost you trying to impress people who will never be satisfied with your performance. It is going to cost you some things, but it's worth the price. Make the most of time because the days are evil. I spent most of my life growing up under the impression that that statement meant that we're living in dark, perilous times. But in actuality, it's just a statement about time. Days is a definition of a segment of time. He said, make the most of time because time that is not on purpose is evil. In other words, time that's not invested to build a thing up will serve to tear that thing down. Look at it. Any arena of life you want to apply this to, it, it, you'll find it's true. It, it, to, to get into shape, uh, physical, uh, good physical condition, how many of you realize it's going to take some time? Right? You invest that time into getting into shape, your body gets stronger. If you don't, then that same time will cause your body to erode and to get weaker. Financial uh, security. Invest time and you'll find that you can build your financial stability. Don't put any time into it and you'll find that time is eroding your financial security relationships. Invest time in relationships, the relationships get stronger. Don't invest time in that relationship, and the very same relationship gets weaker and falls apart. If you don't use your time on purpose, time will separate you from your goal. 
The fact of the matter is there's only one thing that separates you from the promise of God, and it's not the devil. It's not demons. It's not your mother-in-law. It's time. How you use that time, you can take the anointing. One of the coolest functions of the anointing is it has the ability to collapse time. You can use that, that anointing and collapse time, or you can allow time to cause you to collapse. But you've got to live on purpose. You've got to have a destination. You've got to have something in front of you. But the fact of the matter is, is that the time that you have isn't in front of you. It's right now. The future that God has for you isn't five years from now or five days from now. It's actually five minutes from now. Make the most of time. Buy up every opportunity. Somebody say every opportunity. Look at verse 17. Don't be vague, thoughtless, and foolish, but understand and firmly grasp what the will of the Lord is. Wrap your mind around the will of God. If God declares the end at the beginning, if you're in the middle and you can't see the end, where should you look? You should look back to the beginning. Let me say that again. If God declares the end at the beginning and you're not at the end yet and you're forgetting what it looks like, where do you look? You look back to the beginning. So if we go back to the beginning, what do we see? We see God takes Adam and Eve. He places them in a garden. It's not a desert. It's a garden. He tells them to be fruitful, multiply. He, he tells them to enjoy the atmosphere, to, to make it better. He, he's got them in a perfect spot. And the God of the universe, the creator of all things, has time to come down and go for a walk every day. I need to ask you a question today. Do you have time to develop the family that God has blessed you with? Are you so busy working that you don't have time for your kids? Do you not have time for your spouse? I think maybe here in the middle, we've forgotten what the end result is supposed to be. Things that matter, things that are really going to make a difference aren't boats and houses and cars. It's relationship and people. It's, it's the time that we have to enjoy life together, to develop great strong, healthy relationship. That's got to be on the top of our priority list. Anything that's robbing us from the time to succeed there needs to be one of the things that either we share, we stop, but it must be surrendered. We've got to learn how to make the most of time. If all the enemy has to do to destroy your family is keep you busy, then you're too easy of a target. Hello, somebody. God and family, man, you know, God and family. Let's, let's get back to the place where we have time for God and family. If you don't have time for God, you're already too busy. If you don't have time for family, you are messed up and in big trouble. You might have a lot of money, you might have a lot of toys, and you might have a lot of appointments, but you're not that special if you're on your own. You really don't need a vacation home, you know, in Mexico if you don't have a family to take there. Well, go ahead and shout me down. We got to make the most of time. If we don't, we're going to end up losing in life instead of winning, and we've been called to win. There are voices in our society that'll scream at us and tell us we're living wrong, but the fact of the matter is, is that when the world's telling you that you don't fit, that is a sign you're on track. We're, we haven't been called to fit in. We've been called to stand out. 
Amen. You know, you don't have to be some kind of spiritual weirdo running around with your family-sized Bible and a picket sign in your hand that says "Get right or get left." You need to have. You need to change in a different manner. You need to have a heart for your own house. Come on, we we need we need to have the strongest families in all of Tri Cities. That when people are in trouble, they come to you to ask, "How do you do it?" Amen. Look at this scripture, Matthew chapter 12, verse 33. It says, either make the tree good and his fruit good, or else make the tree corrupt and his fruit corrupt. The tree is known by his fruit. The reality is, is that it's your choice. A lot of us are under the impression that outside circumstances are dictating what's going on in our life. No, it isn't. It's your choice. Every single one of us have 1,440 minutes every single day. How we use those minutes are up to us. It's our choice. We can choose to make the most of time, but if we don't make a choice, well, then we've made a choice to let it go. You're making a choice. Make, either make this life good and the fruit will be good, or go ahead and let it be evil and the fruit's going to be evil, but you can't just let time flow freely without any control on your part and expect the end result to be a good one. I don't know what happened in our marriage, but just one day I came home and she was gone. Well, the fact that you don't know is the problem. Have you seen those pictures, you know, on TV or in the newspaper where there's a man standing there and he says, I've lost everything. We lost it all. And his wife standing there next to him. His children are in the background. What do you mean you've lost it all? They're right there. I think better stated, he should say, I've lost everything that matters to me. Well, I mean, if you're going to make a statement, make it truth. What matters to you? You know, I, I got to tell you something. If, if next week the, the, the leadership came to me and said, Tom, you got to go. Goodbye. I got my family. I got my wife. I got my sons. And I can go enjoy life. What are you willing to lose? Can't lose my job. Oh, yeah. It's a special job. It's the one you complain about five days out of the week. According to national surveys and studies, after losing your job, 18 months after losing your job, you're in a better position than you were before you lost it. So maybe we should be praying we lose our jobs. Just a thought. Anybody, God can raise up anybody, anybody from the congregation, anybody from the cities, anybody from anywhere around the world. There's over 6 billion people on the planet. God can raise up any other one of them besides me to pastor this church. But there's only one person who can be a husband to Shelby. There's only one guy who has the right to be a father to Evan, Stephen, and TJ. That's me. So maybe the thing that matters should have my focus. Could it possibly be we need to wake up? And instead of investing all this time in stuff that doesn't matter, we first ought to make sure that we're making the most of time with the things that do matter.
I, I actually think his Bible. What God hath joined together, let no man put asunder. Well, if God brought you together, don't you think you ought to work to keep it that way? I think we ought to be believers. I think we ought to be Christians. I think we ought to be victorious and happy. And I got, I got to tell you something. You can lose your job and live, but lose your family, and life is messed up. So let's make the tree good. Somebody say amen. amen. Check this out. First Chronicles twelve twenty-two. just kind of a, just to, to you know, get our mind where they're at. David's uh, being blessed of God and God's bringing people to him. And it says at that time, day by day, men kept coming to David to help him until there was a great army, like the army of God. You realize that God is gathering people around you to help you. See, that's why we have the ability to say some things need to be shared because God is connecting you with some key people in your life. If you're not careful, you'll be so busy you don't recognize them. If you're not careful, you'll see little things in them that you don't like. Well, trust me, they probably see things in you they don't like, but let's not let that be our focus. Let's realize that God knows what he's doing, and he's gathering people around your life to help you. He's trying to help you. Look at verse 32. Some of the men that came were the men of Issachar who had an understanding of the times and to know what Israel ought to do. There are people in your world who have an understanding of the time. I think one of the things God wants us to do is become a people who understand the times and know what to do. But if you don't understand, guess what? God will connect you to people who do, who can help you so you know what to do. You know the best part of knowing what to do? When you know what to do, you also know what not to do. This morning we sang the song, I know who I am. My favorite thing about that truth is that when I know who I am, I know who I ain't. Right? If I know I'm victorious, then I know I don't live like I'm losing. If I, if I know I'm healed, I don't live like I'm sick and dying. If I know I'm blessed, I don't live like I'm beat up from the street up. No, I'm going to live like who I am. Well, if you know what to do, then you should know what not to do. See, the problem is, is that many of us don't know what to do. So we just try to do everything. We haven't learned the most difficult word in the English vocabulary. No. We're afraid to say no. And then when real opportunity comes and when purpose comes and when uh, the thing that you've been called of God to do comes, you can't because you've said yes to so many other things. You're half-heartedly involved in a multitude of things that you can't give yourself to anything. We need to understand the times. The Bible has told us to make the most of time. Well, if you don't understand the time, how are you going to make the most of that time? We've got to know what to do. Look at Ecclesiastes chapter 9. Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with all thy might. Do it with thy might. Give yourself to it completely. It, it, not everything, no, the thing that you find to do. Remember Paul said, this one thing I do. You know, so we, we, you got to slow some stuff down so you can invest in something that matters, but do it with all thy might. There isn't any work, device, knowledge, or wisdom in the grave. We, we got we are, the time that we have to make a difference is now. It's not someday, it's today. Look at verse 11. 
He said, I, I return us all unto the sun. The race isn't to the swift. The battle's not to the strong. Bread's not to the wise. Riches aren't to men of understanding. Favor isn't to people with skill. See, it, there are no excuses. Well, I, I, you know, I, I can't run. I'm not fast enough. You got to check that one off. I can't fight. I'm not strong enough. You got to check that off. That's not good. You know, I'm not smart enough. Well, you see here, that, that's not the issue. Riches to men of understanding. No, favored. No, it's not just because of skill. Look at this. Time and chance happeneth to them all. Time and chance happens to every man. Chance is not oops. Chance is opportunity. Chance is opportunity. Time and opportunity collide. You're going to have a collision with destiny. I, I tell you what, I really believe that opportunity comes every single day. That there's an opportunity to, col- or, 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 or the, a collision with opportunity occurs every day in your life. That if you're awake, if you're looking, you can see how God is moving in your world today, connecting you with the right people. You, you know what? The, the, the thing in the parking lot today, it really isn't about barbecued ribs and pigskin. It's about building relationships with people that God has surrounded us with that have the understanding of time, who are going to help us. They're going to know what we should do. They're going to offer strength to our life. And they're also people that we've been called to help. And as we grow those relationships and build the family of God, that we are becoming more and more positioned to do what God has asked us to do. It's time and chance. It's the collision of opportunity. You, you have the right to expect opportunity. Unfortunately, many of us live in verse 12. Verse 12 says that man knows not his time. It's a sad fact that man doesn't know his time. As a fish is taken in an evil net, as birds are caught in a snare, so are the sons of men snared in an evil time when it falls suddenly upon them. We don't understand time, so all of a sudden, evil time comes. You know, what's evil time? Well, what's an evil heart? Well, that's a heart without trust. No, an evil heart is full of trust. It's just trust in the wrong thing. An evil time isn't an empty time. It is a time that is full of things. It's just full of the wrong things. And if you don't know your time, if you don't understand time, time after time, you're so consumed with stuff that you miss your opportunity. We've got to understand the time. Amen? One more scripture, Daniel chapter 2. And, and, and I just want to say this to you, if, you, if you'll really now, remember Mark 4, 24, uh, in the Amplified, it says, the level of thought and study you give to the truth you hear determines the power and virtue that flows back to you. That's why many people can sit in a room and uh, come out with totally different understandings. One person will give thought and study to the truth they hear. It'll produce great power in their life. Another guy heard the same thing, gives no thought, no study. It produces nothing. These next scriptures, if you give thought and study to this passage in Daniel, it'll change you forever. Look at this. Then the secret was revealed to Daniel in a vision of the night, and Daniel blessed the God of heaven. We'll just read right through it first. Daniel answered, blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are his. He changes the times and the seasons. He removes kings and sets up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. And verse 22 says, he reveals the deep and secret things. He knows what's in the darkness and the light dwells with him. 
there's a couple of points I really want you to, to get a hold of this morning. If you're taking notes, write this down. Go back uh, to the verse 19, and it says, The secret was revealed to Daniel in a vision of the night. Understand this, that there is no time that is off limits to God. God can speak to you at any time. Many of us need to lay down and go to sleep so God can get a word in. Right? We're, we're so busy and we're talking so loud and we're, we're, you know, life is so crazy that God's got to let us go to sleep so he can talk to us. But it doesn't make any difference. God can get to you. There's no off limits to God in the realm of time. He can reach into your situation at any time. What you've got to remember to do is trust God. Trust God. Well, look at the chaos. Look at the, the situation. Look, look, look at the, the turbulence. It doesn't matter. God can show up at any time. He's going to. He's not going to let you die. He hasn't forsaken you. He hasn't forgotten where you are. He's going to come through. Have some peace. Be a believer. Trust God. Act like a Christian. And let's expect God to show up and give us what we need in time to solve the problem. Amen. There's a secret. It's uh, it's hidden. It's it's covered. But he reveals it to us. He's going to bring insight and revelation. Look at verse 20. Daniel answered, blessed be the name of God forever. His wisdom, wisdom and might, those are his. Blessed be the God. You, You know what? If you don't know what to do with your current time, use it to bless God. Didn't David say, I will bless the Lord at all times his praise shall continually be in my mouth the times there are times when it's hard to find the good there's times when it's hard to believe that god could use it there's times when it just seems like hell has vomited out all of its fury bless the lord at that time Take that time to bless God. Live a life that is blessing the Lord. If you don't do anything else, bless the Lord at all times. Look at verse 21. He changes the times. You need to write this down. God can change my season. I realize there are seasons in life that we'd love to see changed immediately. But God has the power to change it. He can turn the time around. Uh, isn't it funny that when you look back at, at, at life, there are, there are moments in life when you were certain that God wasn't alive, but when you look back, you realize he was working right there. He, he, he was working on your behalf. I, I love the psalm that says, uh, you know, I look behind me and you were there. I look in front of me and you're out there too. And right here at my side, I feel the presence of God. God has the power to change the time. God can change the season. He can fix your situation. He can set up kings or take kings down. He can do anything that he needs to do. If you'll just put your faith and trust in God, he can change your situation. Let's trust God. You know, I really believe today that God wants to change some seasons in our life. I, I said it earlier, and I say it again. I don't think we need some, you know, just small adjustment. I think we need radical change. I think that every single one of us, if God had his perfect will in our life, no one would recognize us the first week because we're living so far from God's perfect plan. Let's allow God to change the time. Let him change the season. Look at verse 22. 
It says that he reveals the deep and secret things. He knows what's in the darkness. And the light dwells in him. I love this because God knows what's in the darkness. You know, darkness is the absence of revelation. Okay, the absence of revelation. The, the, the missing link, understanding. But God knows what's in the dark. You might be in the dark, but God knows what's in the dark. In other words, God knows some things you don't know. He sees some things you can't see. He understands what you can't comprehend. And he's working on your behalf. Oh, come on. He's working on your behalf. You might not get it today, but the fact of the matter is God knows exactly where you are. Those things aren't hidden from him. He knows where your breakthrough's located. He's going to direct your steps and get you there. He, he knows the strength that's required, and he's going to infuse you with an inner strength so that you can mount up with wings as an eagle and soar above that situation. God is working on your behalf. He is going to reveal to you deep and secret things. Jeremiah 33, 3, call unto me, and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you don't know. The minute that you understand that you don't understand everything is the moment that you can go to God and allow him to bring revelation, insight, and understanding. You don't have to go through life broken, bleeding, and despondent. You can rise up and live the victory life, the Zoe life that God's called you to live. But you're going to have to trust God, amen? You're going to have to put it in his hands. Have you ever noticed that Unhappy people are never to blame. Unhappy people, it's never their fault. It's always other people. It's always somebody else. It's, it's my husband, my wife, my kids, my boss, my neighbors, this, the government. It's, it, you know, it, it's somebody else. Well, the fact is, is that really extremely happy people have problems too. People who are, who are uh, just ringing the bell in life, they have challenges also. Well, what is the difference? Well, they're willing to accept life and look to God to reveal things that they don't know, that they don't understand. They're giving God the opportunity to change the times, to change the seasons. See, the fact is, is that the time you're in, it's not the wrong time. It's just that you don't see it correctly. What we have to do is allow God to be God and realize we can't control the future, but he can. Everything we do to try to move it, to try to manipulate it, comes across wrong, produces the wrong result. We end up in the wrong place at the wrong time with the wrong people and the wrong stuff. And, but we put it into God's hand, and all of a sudden, the same situation is the right time at the right place with the right people and the right things. Let God change your season. Let him change your time. You're having a hard time? Let God change it. If you're having a good time, let God change that. It'll become great. Let God have control in your world. Amen? Will you close your book, bow your head, and let me pray for you?